KRXO FM and KRXO HD Oklahoma City, a product of Tyler Media, reaching over 1 million Oklahomans every week. Now, the Outdoor Hour, giving you the inside scoop on the great outdoors, presented by Park Ridge Medical Clinic on 1077 The Franchise. As long as I can remember, I've been drawn to the outdoors. There's something primal in each of us that awakens when we step outside the bounds of modern society and back into the vast possibilities of the natural world. The more civilized our lives become, the louder our hearts cry for reconnection with our native ways. Failure is imminent, dangers drawing nigh, but approached with reverence and tact, the outdoors return wisdom in game. In both the outdoors and in life, harvests are fleeting, but lessons and memories abound. With that in mind, we step forth boldly together in pursuit of ourselves outdoors. We are nothing more than tree stand troubadours. Welcome inside the outdoor hour. I'm Taylor Maples. Todd Lizenby is always with us behind the glass. The one and only Josh Stratton fist bumping his way into the studio today. You are in rare form this week, my friend. And why wouldn't you be? We're fired up. It's time to record this week's Outdoor Hour. Glad to have you with us. Hey, man, I'm stoked. You know, it's, it's Valentine's week. It is. It's my birthday month. It is. You know? Do you celebrate your birthday all month? Or are you one of those? <laughs> no, I, I I jokingly say that. <laughs> Yet here we are still talking about it. So. Hey, it's the only way to keep it relevant, you know? There you go. Well, who do yeah. you got lined up for us this week? Man, I'm super stoked. We've got uh, Josh Teff from Falco Outfitters with us. I crossed paths with Josh five or six years ago now when they were still breaking ground at their amazing uh, Waterfowl Lodge over in Garber, Oklahoma, and uh, have been blessed to uh, watch at times from a distance, sometimes up close as their business has grown, and I think they've become a leader in um, the waterfowl space here in Oklahoma with just an unbelievable lodge, unbelievable relationships with the farmers, and arguably one of the best guide staffs around. So super stoked to have him on and get a recap of this year's waterfowl season and, and learn more about uh, what motivates them over at Falco Outfitters. Yeah, Josh Teff on the phone line. Thanks for joining us. Welcome inside. What's up, y'all? Glad yeah. to be here. I appreciate you guys inviting me. Well, it is February. We've come and gone through waterfowl season. How was it? Well, it was uh, – so if you – I kind of wrote this on our the final uh, post we're going to do on our Instagram, but if you measured it only by the numbers, then it's the second best one ever. But I would say um, overall this was my favorite season we've ever had. It was the best season we've ever had for other reasons. I mean, we – we had some spectacular hunts, like we broke our lodge record twice this season, and then uh, before this year, we'd we'd had five hundred plus bird days in the last five years, and and we had five this year alone. So we, we took the total to ten. So I mean, we just had a lot of really really high highs, and then um, from a staff perspective, we had a lot. We just had a lot of fun, man. It was like. Everybody was upbeat. Everybody working hard, pulling pulling on the rope together, and and um, I don't know. It was just good. Like the customer base we had this year was spectacular. We didn't deal with much drama on that front, and everybody was a joy to be around and appreciative. And um, just really not much negative I could uh, I could say about it. So that's the 
the lodge side of it. And then personal life, I lose, you know, starting in November, I lose four people in my life, two best friends and, and uh, my grandmother and my uncle <laughs> all over the course of the, the hunting season. So I had some, you know, personal life turmoil all the while having like this incredible year at the lodge. So there was a pretty heavy contrast at times, but you know, such is life and, and you just uh, pick yourself up and, and keep pushing on. And what amazing to, you know, I talk a lot, Josh, about like the uniqueness of the duck blind, right? And like, if you could bottle that and live in that environment all year round, how, how amazing that would be that when it's good, it's so good, right? The the camaraderie, the, the brotherhood, the 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 leaning in and uh you know i know specifically at your guys place sometimes those duck blinds are a place of growth and uh, be able to feel them uh supporting you in your time of need absolutely yeah of course man i mean they're they're like uh a second family you know to me and all of them are we've been together for six years now and um you know we don't see each other the whole year but when we're together we're together 24 7 and um, we spend a lot of time with each other. So that that's exactly right. And, you know, Josh, you and I have talked about this before. Our our place is, is more, I mean, it was always more than a business, you know, that an idea or whatever. It was like, um, you know, almost like the Lord uh, laid out a blueprint in front of us and, and we just sort of followed the steps, you know. It was, it's really I mean, I can elaborate on that all day, so we don't have time to talk about all the all the details of it. But we treat it as such. You know, we don't treat it as much as a business as we almost do a, a mission field. And um, you know, there's just so many opportunities for for people to open up and 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 doors open and walls barriers get broken down to people's personalities where they'll talk about stuff they might not even talk you know to their own families about. And it's just an awesome. Uh, platform to be able to you know share with people and and you know maybe maybe even a place of healing at times there's you know there's times where we can be real with these guys and and they may be struggling with you know alcohol abuse or drug abuse or whatever it is and you never know that uh, you never realize how much of an impact you can have in that in that space so that's our place has evolved into that much more over time um, and I also think that's almost the the reason why it's had such success because it's so genuine. You know, there ain't nobody faking anything there ever. So, you um, know, I grew up waterfowl hunting with my dad. I grew up fly fishing with my dad. My parents were kind of who introduced me to the outdoors, and with that came a certain level of reverence, um, not only for the activities that we were participating in, but just having those moments together were so even as a young kid i remember looking at this and saying man there's there's really something special here right the old country song she thinks we're just fishing like it was always so much more than that um and then i got into college and, and started going bird hunting with my buddies and it was kind of the first time i'd ventured out into that space without my parents um and I thought I thought I was really lucky because I found a group of guys, you know, that were Christian young men, and, and we were far from perfect, especially in the duck blind. But um, you know, to have that kind of iron sharpening iron opportunity in the outdoors was really special. And a couple of their dads started getting involved, and actually, the guy that uh, married my wife and I, 
um, is is one of my college roommates' fathers, and I spent more time with him in duck and goose blinds than anybody over the years. And what I loved about that experience was he had access to so many really cool properties around the state of Colorado because people knew who he was. People knew what he stood for. And they would tell him, man, if you're bringing young men out here and you're maturing in them, you're talking to them about God and being Christ like my property is your property. Do with it what you want. And that just made such an impact on me. Um, not only to want to live that way, but also, man, look at the doors this opens up, right? Like if you can be authentic and, and you can create these kinds of environments for iron to sharpen iron and just be authentic and live in community, the good, the bad, the ugly, all that, right? Look at, look at how many doors God can open for you there. But then that's been my favorite part of doing this show has been over the year just to hear these stories that I thought I had such a unique outdoors experience. And it feels like that is really more common than it not. Yeah, I mean, it it definitely is, at least in our situation. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to – I don't believe that everybody that goes out into a, a hunting blind, you know, whatever it is, you know, has got that on their mind. But, sure. you know, they should because, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, like, we, we just uh, – I think what happens is, is, you know, when you're out in that environment, there's no distraction. You know, like, you're if, – if you have any – um, awareness about yourself at all. I mean, you're hearing the sounds, you're, you're smelling the smells, you're, you know, you're in a group that's all, you know, sort of working together to achieve the same goal. And, and you don't have a bunch of noise around you, you know, you're out in God's creation is in its rarest, you know, or most stripped away form. And I think just somehow subconsciously, maybe that just sort of knocks walls down and barriers down. I think in today's world, especially, it's important to try to lean into things that make you forget to check your phone. Exactly. That's exactly right, yeah. And I'm not saying that everybody feels this way, but I'll leave my phone in the truck. You know, I got my clock on my wrist. I know what time shooting light is. I don't need my cell phone in a duck blind. Right. Right. Yeah, and it's hard, right, like as – you know, everyone on the call here and, you know, Todd included, like we're parents, right? And like, man, it's hard for me to detach from my responsibilities as, as a husband and a father um, or what I've put on to myself, a perceived responsibility to be um, reachable at all times, right? And, but it's easier for me to justify that if there's a fishing rod or a shotgun involved. <laughs> You're at least more willing to make that argument, right? Yeah, yeah. I can talk myself into it a lot easier in those environments. Just, hey, I was out of service, babe. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you, man. Man, but Josh, before we get, like, into, I think, the heart of why all this is important and why we're all here, let's let's get into the the framework of what is Falco. Where is it? Uh, What do you offer? Uh, what have you assembled as um, you guys have built quite an amazing facility uh, over the last six years? Yeah, I mean, we we sort of had a, a model in mind that it hasn't really changed much. I mean, it's since the beginning, we've kind of stuck with the same setup and then, you know, we've tweaked it a little bit. But basically, um, you know, my my partners John David and Aaron. Um, there's four of us total: John David Black, Aaron Seifert, myself, and and Harold Long. 
Carol and I have uh, been friends for 25 years or so, and almost, and uh, hunting together that whole time. And then he and I guided together for about seven years. And um, it was just a, you know, when this opportunity arose, I just kind of brought him along because he was one of my good friends. And he's quite, he's like 10 years older than the rest of us. And, uh, you know, there was no chance he wasn't going to be involved. So um, he was already a, a shoe in. And then J.D. and Aaron, um, on the heels of uh, my resignation from the last place I worked uh, about two months, or about a month, rather, after that in 2017, um, I'd met John David for the first time that previous duck season in 2016. Um just, just dumb luck, you know, my brother done some graphic design for him for a coffee shop he was a partner in, and then we met by happenstance in a barbershop, and um, and then I invited him to come hunt with me, and, and I, I knew who he was. Uh, we actually went to church together for a long time, and, you know, he was always somebody I'd see, and he's got three kids about the same age as my three, and we're, we're almost the same age, and um, we look like each other, <laughs> and so we get asked all the time if we're brothers. Um, but uh, he, we met, and then I invited him to come hunt with me that 2016 season, and we just became really close. We're really fast friends. And then uh, Aaron, his dad, had uh, trained dogs for me for 10 years or so, um, and I knew who Aaron was, but we'd never met. So this was <clears throat> March of 17. I, I you know, gave my um, resignation, and then, but didn't have a clue what I was going to do. And I'm praying about it and trying to figure it out. I just knew I didn't want to go back into a desk job. I'd been in the outdoor space for the, for eight years before that, um, or eight years leading up to that moment. And then um, in April, uh, Aaron and JD are turkey hunting, and we're all obsessed turkey hunters too. And they're turkey hunting together. And Aaron just has an epiphany that he needs to call me for some reason, and they'd never met me before. But this is the first, you know, odd thing that happened <laughs> to get this whole thing going so uh aaron's like they got turkeys gobbling and and jd's like dude i'll, I'll call him when we're done like there's, there's birds right here and he's like no text him right now and tell him we need to have lunch and so they did and we had lunch and we we discussed you know trying to do something like this um but i just knew at the moment you know it was way more of a um, way more than I could bite off, you know, financially, I didn't have any money and neither did they really. So, um, it was an idea. And I, and I, at the end of the conversation of that lunch, it was basically, I just knew where I would go. And that if, if we were going to do it, and that was because the previous four years or so I'd been coming to North central Oklahoma. Um, I was guiding at a place over by Tulsa. Um, we had a, just a singular property over there that we guided on and, and uh, on our days off, Harold and I would come out and hunt with some friends out there, and I was just blown away, you know, by the numbers of birds. And and over time, realized there wasn't just really any commercial presence out there from a hunting perspective. So um, I told them that, and uh, and that was sort of the only thing we settled on. And then um, had another conversation with another guy that I'd hunted with out there that was very similar, and that's kind of what prodded me to to start looking for, you know, potential funding to do something. And uh, literally the first guy that I thought of to talk to about it, I wasn't even asking him for the money. Um, I was just going to get some advice about how to go about it because I've never done it before. And so I put together my 
layman's version of a business plan, went and had lunch with this guy, and he said yes to fund our whole operation on the spot. And I couldn't even believe you know, it was like, this doesn't make sense to me, and, and uh, but it was it was real. And, and so um, I called J.D. and Aaron. They didn't believe me. I had to get him on the phone to explain the situation because they didn't believe it was real either. And uh, <clears throat> anyway, long story short, we that was kind of how we got started. And um, we bought our property that we sit on right now. And uh, let's see, it was, uh, we closed on it in October of 17. And uh, we started construction on the lodge in April of 18 and had keys to it in September of 18. And if you saw everything that was out there, you would probably wouldn't believe it was all built in less than six months, but it was. And um, we had our first customers in November of 18. And, and we're just a basically an all-inclusive waterfowl lodge. Um, we sleep 16 people. Um, typically take two groups of eight every day um, hunting. We hunt every single day of the season other than a couple of days around the holidays. And um, we're book solid with, you know, several thousand people trying to get in and the Lord's blessed it beyond anything I ever dreamed. Um, but everything's basically included when you come. And that's where it's kind of been tweaked. Um, we started out, you know, with some things not included and all of our customers were just like, man, just add everything together and I don't want to pay one price for everything. So that's what we've done. You basically show up with nothing and, and you can, you know, go and hunt with us. It's easier to so, explain I'll, that way on the credit card bill. I think if it's yeah, just I, one it, price, it was, right? I, babe, it was yeah. included. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People just get frustrated when you're nickel and dime. They, uh, sure. you know, especially affluent people, they get annoyed by the feeling that they're being nickel and dime. So, you know, when you can give them a price, it's a healthy price, but, you know, when they're, they don't have to pay for shells and they don't have to pay for a gun if they need it, they don't have to pay for any bird processing or, you know, vacuum sealing. Everything that we do is all included in the price. And, uh, you know, the only thing that would be extra is if they buy something out of our retail store. So it, uh, that's really been um, a blessing all the way around for us because, you know, it obviously is. Um, it helps us generate more revenue, and our, our customers stay happy, and they don't they don't ever feel like they're being taken advantage of. So we're chatting this week with Josh Teff from Falco. We need to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to dive deeper into the story of Falco. We're going to talk more about this year. We're going to ask him about a lot of things that I want to know more about, from hunting with dogs to what it's like to shoot a hundred birds in a day as a group. Uh, and more on the next side of his break, Inside the Outdoor Hours. Keep it right here. If you're one of the 20 million men in America struggling with ED, check out Parkridge Medical Clinic. They now have an office here in Oklahoma City, and they use a brand-new, state-of-the-art, clinically proven technology that's called acoustic wave therapy. Uh, no pills, no needles. This is a new technology that can actually repair blood vessels and re-stimulate blood flow to where guys want it most. So if ED is something that you're dealing with in your life, call Parkridge Medical today at 405 405- Eight three nine seven thousand. That's four zero five eight three nine seven thousand. Welcome back to the Outdoor Hour, talking all things outdoors. Presented by Park Ridge Medical on one zero seven seven The Franchise. Welcome inside the Outdoor Hour. <laughs> We're having fun this week. 
uh, probably too much fun for our own good. Uh, we got Josh Teff on the phone line from Falco this week. Uh, Josh Stratton in the studio. Todd Lisenby. I'm Taylor Maples. Glad to have you with us inside another great episode. We're telling the story about Falco this week. We're talking about uh, foul hunting in general. You mentioned something, Josh, in the first segment that I feel like I need to stop and circle back to. Um, and I don't know if I'm just a really bad angler and a really bad water waterfowler. But we've had a lot of people on this show that talk about, man, I've been out and catch 100 fish in a day. Skylar St. Ives from the ODWC talks about going out and catching 100 fish. I don't think I've caught 100 fish in my life. You mentioned 100 bird days, Josh Teff, out at Fowl Co. And obviously that's not a one-man limit, right? You've got a couple groups of people out there doing that. But, I mean, what kinds of birds are you guys get into? How in the world do you execute on a 100 bird day? Yeah, so it's uh, it doesn't happen like I like, like I said earlier. And up until this year, we had you know basically an average of one per year for the last five, and then this year we had five of them. Um, but it's so number one, you got to have the whole of the lodge hunting just because of the the limits. So you know each guy can shoot six ducks, which we typically kill mallards um, 85% of the time. So that's kind of cuts you back to five because you're going to kill five of those. Um, and that's predominantly what we shoot. So you, you can kill five mallards or, uh, or eight lesser candidates, which is the you know main species of goose we kill out there. And, um, so, you know, when you got 16 customers, um, do the math on 16 times five or 16 times eight, and then add, you know, if we have a really like something that we scouted that we're just like, man, this is a once in a, you know, maybe a whole season situation. Um, we'll take, we'll try to take everybody and just capitalize on it as much as we can. So, um, you know, you can go from 16 to 24, 25 real quick with all of our guides and, and help we've got hunting with them. And that's kind of how it starts is like, we, uh, we have a, a massive feed that's been there for multiple days and they're kind of always hitting the same area and, and the wind's just right for that area, and you've got a really good hide for your blinds on that, you know, on that general area. And um, that's kind of how it happens on a goose feed. And then on a duck hunt, it's like you've got an absorbent amount of birds using a small piece of water. We only killed over 100 ducks on one hunt one time, and it was like probably three to 4,000 mallards using a, a pothole of water that you could shoot across. It was like 40-yard circle. And the uh, the whole surrounding, you know, this pond was like trees on one side and then two sides was like six-foot-tall Johnson grass. It was super thick. And so we went in and cut a swath out and put enough uh, A-frames in there to hide 26 guys, and we disappeared, like literally just vanished in this grass. And those ducks came in on a string. I mean, we, it, we stopped <laughs> at 105. It was it was the most incredible hunt I've ever been on in my life, but it was like one group after the other. Um, so, you know, the factors that you have to have, if you're going to, if you're going to have that kind of success on a hunt, you have to be hidden really well. You have to have your decoys, you know, you have to have thought out, you know, how you're going to try to get them to decoy and they got to be centered up on all those guns. Um, and you got to have a lot of birds willing to work, you know, and the conditions are right. The wind's got to be right. Your spread's got to be right. Your hide's got to be right. Your, decoys have to be right and you got to have guys that can shoot you know to some extent 
So, you know, all those things line up and you got waterfowl wanting to cooperate, then you can have some pretty special days. And, and we had, uh, we had one this year that was the lodge record. We, like I said, we actually broke it twice. The first one was a massive feed of snow geese and it was foggy and we had a really good hide and a perfect wind. And those geese would hear us and they would just fall through the fog and they'd be right in front of us before we couldn't even see them coming down. And we'd have, you know, hundreds or if not thousands of them right in front of us at 30 yards so uh, that one was really fun and then the uh the record breaker it was 160 birds in one hunt that we killed on a wheat field and it kind of started out the same way it was foggy um and you know we call at them and they would break down and you know we're at 100 and i don't know 120 something and or 130 something and these guys were like man we want to break the lodge record and so we kind of were like, well, it's probably over, you know, but we'll stick it out. We could, we could kill, I think, 180 or something was our, was our limit or whatever with all the people we had. And so, um, we're, we're just kind of hanging out. And then all of a sudden the biggest group of the whole day gets up and they're flying at us in a, in one singular mass and they all decoyed and we called the shot and killed, I think, 28 or 38 i can't remember it was like 28 or 38 out of one group and uh and that was the end of it and we ended up being at 160 on the on the dot and so there's just a lot of things that have to align for that to happen but when it does it's sure special and you'll never forget it for as long as you live <laughs> you're right there's a lot of things that have to align correctly but for somebody that hunts as much as you do and, and you guys do out there at Falco, you've obviously learned some tricks and things over the years that increase your chances of having really good days. And for the regular waterfowler, you know, somebody that's maybe bought a dozen G&H decoys or, you know, has just gone down to the store and picked up some over-the-counter type of gear – um, what would you say is your go-to setup? Is there a, a decoy spread or something? And, and we could do this both for, you know, if you're hunting a field for geese or if you're on, you know, a pond for mallards. But, you know, somebody like me that is an experienced waterfowler but doesn't claim to be the best, you know, how would you tell me I can up my game when it comes to decoys? Yeah, well, I mean, I can just, so, like, I kind of have a pecking order of, you know, priorities on any hunt. And, you know, number one on the top of the list is going to be location. Like you gotta, you gotta be where they want to be. That's the number one thing you got to look out for. You're not going to kill much if you're just going to some random spot and throwing decoys out and hoping for the best. You've and got, how do you know where got, they want to be? You got to go find them. You know, you got to scout, you got to scout. So you're talking to actually just go find the birds. Absolutely. You got to be on a spot that you know, they're using. Um, or in a spot that you know that they don't mind going. So it's one of the two. If you're not on either one of those, you're probably rarely ever going to fire a shot. So, you know, location, location is number one. Number two would be don't ever underestimate, you know, your hide and how important that is. Like one bird, um, is, they don't see all that well, but when you've got when you got thousands or hundreds of them or even dozens of them looking at you, they're going to pick apart every little thing. I mean, you got to remember a, a duck or a goose is the bottom of the food chain so everything's trying to eat them or catch them and eat them you know so um they're constantly looking for a reason not to come down and land and you just try to get hidden as well as you possibly can and even if you feel like you're exposed a little bit sometimes that can be the difference in shooting the heck out of them or not shooting any 
Um, so just like overdo your hide to the nth degree, make that the, the second priority. And then as far as like decoys go, you the wind, number three would be the wind. Always try to get the wind at your back or, you know, at least crossing you. You never want the wind in your face trying to get waterfowl to come over your back um, or, you know, behind from behind you is very, very tough to do because they're going to come over and see right down into your blind. And um, that's you just don't want to do that. You always want to have the wind at your back where they can come into it in front of you or they can you can crosswind them to the side. Um, so those would be the first three, you know, location, hide, and then the wind. And then uh, lastly, like as far as your decoys go, um, on water, if I'm hunting mallards, I like to do I like to do a spread that's like pods of decoys sort of separated. So like I'm if I just say I've got the wind at my back and I'm trying to get them to come straight to me. Um, I'm going to put a group of decoys on the left side of the blind. I'm going to put a group on the right. I might put a small group, you know, a little further out or a little closer to me, maybe both, and just leave the whole middle open. You know, I don't like to have them trying to land in decoys very often. It just seems to me that over all the years of doing it, they decoy better when they just, the water, you know, for them to hit is wide open with no decoys in it. So that would be like a go-to duck spread. And then, for geese, um, you know, we run a lot of silhouette spreads, which um, you know they, have, they work pretty well. Um, you can uh, you can kill lots of geese over them, but they typically will come down low enough for you to shoot them, but they won't land in them. So if I had the option between running silhouettes or full body decoys, I'm always going to use full bodies just because I've seen them land in full bodies and walk around and eat and even lay down in them, and I've never seen geese do that in silhouette spreads. So um, they're, they both have their place. I mean, I'm not saying one's really better than the other. I mean, as far as ease of use, silhouettes are way easier. You can carry way more and with way less space. But um, I think full bodies ultimately win as far as, like, what works most consistently. And we just try to have um, – make it as random as we can, but leave a good size, you know, clear opening in the middle of your spread that's centered up on your blinds those geese to land in you can make it as spread out as you want or you can tighten it up i mean sometimes they want to land in something a little tighter sometimes they want to land in something a little a little more open i think a lot of that is like for me i would think about how far are they coming to get there you know if they're roosted five miles away then i'm probably going to make my spread a little bigger make the hole a little bit bigger so that they feel more comfortable coming down um, when they get there if they're jumping out of a pond that's a you know hundreds of yards away then i might make it a little tighter like a group of geese that just got up you know and kind of all landed together in the field um so in that case so you can kind of just gauge it on how far away are they coming from if they're coming from far away make your spread bigger make your landing hole bigger if they're coming from shorter distance then you can tighten it up so um that's what i tell you that's kind of like the go for us but we're uh we're constantly trying to learn and that's the thing you find with at least I find with a lot of young young guys, you know, they have a little bit of success and they just kind of stick to the same thing. And, you know, you know, you're dealing with an animal that's constantly adapting to its environment and to the pressure it's being, that's being put on it. And, you know, a, a well-seasoned waterfowl guy is somebody who can constantly be, who's constantly willing to learn. You know, like I'm never satisfied with where I'm at. I'm always trying to figure out, I'm analytical by nature anyway, and I want to know 
I don't just want to know that it worked. I want to know why did it work? How did it work? Like, what did they do differently in this? And why do we think that this happened versus, you know, it, we did it a different way the other day and it just kind of didn't work the same way. So I love that side of it. It's really why I love waterfowl so much because there's just constant, a constant, you know, opportunity to like sort of figure out the nuances of why they do what they do and how they're going to do it and what can we do to sort of tweak our setup to make them, make them react a little different. That's the part of it I kind of like, you know, as far as the hunting side, I, I like that part the best, just sort of trying to figure them out. Tef, you, uh, we know we've got a couple minutes here left in this segment, but one thing I'd love to touch on, um, you guys launched a pretty cool thing this year called Behind the Blind, I believe is what you guys are calling it. Would love to hear more about what that was about and and the motivator for that and um, how people could get involved if they're interested. Yeah, so we had uh, we have a guy who done some work for us, video work, and he just sort of pitched us this idea. He was like, man, like I think that you guys have enough following and enough people interested that we could do this sort of behind-the-scenes you know, reality show. And, and so we talked about the name, and we called it Beyond the Blind, basically, is what it's called. And, and so it's essentially just, you know, our operation behind the scenes. I mean, you get to see some of the customer stuff and a lot of the hunting stuff, but it's really, you know, just like what goes on, you know, and, and oh, some of it's hilarious and, and funny stuff that happens in the guidehouse. And, and a lot of it's like, you know, we're explaining why we're doing stuff and how we're doing it. And it's, you can learn from it. Um, and then some of it's like really serious stuff about like, uh, the veterans group that we had and the testimonies that were shared there. And I mean, you could even break down and cry watching that one. So it kind of runs the gauntlet, um, from funny to serious to informative. And, um, and we just thought it would be a, a cool way to draw people into our world a little bit more. And, um, when people sign up, they, uh, they get entered automatically as a subscriber into these giveaways that we partnered with all of our brand partners on. And we've given away Yeti stuff, lacrosse boots, sick gear, um, Rob Roberts, Saracote job. We're trying to trying to grow that to the point where we can, uh, we're going to give away a trip for the last episode, a uh, free trip. And then next year we may even give away a UTV or something for the final prize. So if you sign up, you get automatically entered as a subscriber and you get to see all the content and maybe win something. And um, you can go to uh, falcotv.uscreen, that's the letter U, U-S-C-R-E-E-N uh, dot I-O. So it's falcotv.uscreen.io to sign up if you want to see all the content. It's pretty cool. There's a lot of really neat stuff on there. Yeah, we'll definitely throw that link up in the uh, the podcast when we roll that out. But uh, what are you thinking there, Taylor? Yeah, I think we uh, got to get a break so we can get back in for one more segment here. Um, before we do that, though, we've been talking all episode about the importance of hides and not being exposed when you're out there waterfowling. And the same is true regardless of what you're trying to hunt. If you're in the market for a new hunting hide, I highly recommend Oki hides. They're made right here in Oklahoma City, uh, particularly for your deer hunting needs. These things are so overbuilt. If you've never been in an Oki hide, if you've never hunted out of one, if you've never been down to their facility in Oklahoma City to actually see where these things are made and how they're put together, you got to check it out. Go to okihides.com to learn more. 
more. These things are just state-of-the-art. They are overproduced. Uh, the guys that put these things together are fabricators and welders and tradesmen by trade, um, but they're outfitters and outdoorsmen by choice, and they've really married their two passions together for a one-of-a-kind type product. 26-gauge galvanized sheeting, magnetic blackout curtains, the biggest floor plans, the best stairs, uh, porches, all of this. It's unbelievable what these things have. Um, if you really just cannot take my word enough for it. If you've never been in one of these, go check them out for yourself. They've been all over the country lately at different trade shows and things. But the website is okiehides.com if you want to learn more. Let's take a break. Okay, we'll come back after this uh, with more from Josh Teff at Falco inside the Outdoor Hour. Now back to the Outdoor Hour, presented by Park Ridge Medical, with your host Taylor Maples on 1077 The Franchise and the Franchise Mobile app. Welcome back inside the Outdoor Hour. Final segment here. Man, it feels like we always just run out of time as we're starting to get into the good stuff. So we're going to have to have Tef back. we got a lot to get to with him still. But before we do, we need to talk about J.D. Adams and company. we got a couple of weeks left on this fly fishing trip of a lifetime giveaway. Those are cool guys over there. I don't know if you know this or not. Yeah, some of the best. Hey, actually, I got an endorsement on uh, Twitter. Somebody DM me. I sent that to you. One of our listeners that is an angler had uh, been in there since hearing about it on the show and had a really good experience. So thanks for taking good care of our listeners, for starters. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm sure that was Tom or Steve or Dan since, you know. Couldn't have been you. Yeah, couldn't have been been you. And, you know, I've pretty much been on the road for six weeks. So definitely was not me. (laughs) That's why the customer service has gone up a little bit. Yeah, it's improvement. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are giving away through, uh, what is it, the 26th of February. Yeah. is the last date to get yep. in there to register to win. All you got to do is stop in, drop your uh, name in the box there. Um, they'll collect, you know, phone numbers so we can call you basically and tell you that you've won this trip. But it's all-inclusive, uh, all-expensive paid, uh, flights, lodging, meals, licenses. We're literally taking care of everything um, for you and a buddy to go on a fly fishing trip in Yellowstone National Park this summer. Um, plus, you're going to get a $1,000 gift a card. $1,000. A grand to be spent inside J.D. Adams & Company. You can buy a whole lot of flies. You can get some waders, new rod. I mean, you guys, I I was in there recently and saw all that new Howler Brothers goods that you guys have in there. I mean, you guys have some really good stuff. Yeah, and uh, all the spring stuff's rolling in now. I know some of the new Sim Spring stuff has come in. I believe Howler has shipped, and that's a – we went deep in this spring with uh, howler so it's going to be represented like it's never been before in our shop which is freaking awesome super stoked on that and man all those cool new products orvis with a brand new series of guide bags waterproof guide bags uh and fishing bags uh significant increase in in the in that product so pretty excited that's awesome well we got josh teff from falco with us this week on the phone line and Tef, you've gotten to tell a little bit of the story. We've talked a little bit about, I appreciate really the uh, insight you gave us and how you guys are setting up. And um, it sounds like you just have such a cool operation out there and we've only scratched the surface of it. Yeah, it's, it's insane what they have. Like we definitely are doing him a disservice. So what have we missed? 
Man, as you know, for the listeners, I was I've been privileged to come and hang out with these guys for a while. So, man, their team in general is just unbelievable. We could go it, you know, hours into the characters that represent that guide staff and their knowledge and skill set and willingness and eagerness to support people. And um, they've got arguably some of the best dogs around. Um, and that literally is, you know, they've got a fourth generation dog trainer as one of their partners with Aaron. And, you know, that guy's an unbelievable wealth of knowledge. And then their food is just lights out, lights out, unreal. And every night it's something else that, and you, you get to sit with the family of people that, that you've been spending the time with and all eat together. And it, it is unbelievable. Tef, what jumps out to you? What What are some of those other shining stars? Maybe we haven't had a chance to touch this episode, but you'd love to come back and tell us more about. Well, I mean, honestly, man, like I think, um, you know, we've always tried to figure out, I mean, our business took off so fast and with so much enthusiasm that, you know, we tried to figure out like, what are we doing? <clears throat> That's so much different than anybody else. Cause it was like, you know, it was just palpable. The, the, difference in the reaction that we got from folks and i think it's just it's everything put together but like i really believe that the you know kind of the secret sauce of it all is that you know myself jd aaron um all of our guide staff all of our staff in general we really do like when you come there i mean you're going to leave hugging people you're not going to leave shaking someone's hand I mean, we're going to hug it out and we're going to be like really close friends by the time it's over. And you're going to feel that way about everybody that you come into contact with there. So that's sort of the secret. The, I think that's kind of what sets us apart from the crowd the most, but, um, <clears throat> but Brian, uh, Phil Green, he's our chef. Uh, he's actually duck guide from Arkansas turned chef. And um, I mean, the food he, he cooks is incredible. We do a rotating menu and, um, I mean, some of the stuff he's almost become famous, like his deep fried or, or butter fried honey bun with ice cream, you know, we, yeah, you, we kind you of heard that up. right. He just said <laughs> yeah. butter fried honey bun with ice cream. It's absurd. It's really absurd. It's kind and of they've dialed thing. it. Like, I can't even process. This like, right I'm now. not going to let the secret sauce out, but yeah. it, there's a specific honey bun yeah. that you have to have for this to work. But it's dialed in. It is dialed, bro. <laughs> it is dialed. The steaks um, are fire. Yeah. Dude, he does this yeah, duck like, appetizer. Like, if there's anyone you've ever met who's like, oh, I'm not into duck, they're this will change. They got to meet Brian. They got to meet Brian. It will change their life. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Fried chicken, best fried chicken I've ever had in my life. It's uh, he's, he's pretty not special, lying. Man. <laughs> he's one of the best people I've ever known too. So that just makes it even better. But so um, sweetest that's man. What that, that, it's our people. We just we're we have an unbelievable group of people, and everybody's bought into the vision and and what we're there for ultimately. And I think that's why we've had so much success and the Lord's blessed it like they have or like he has, excuse me. Yeah. Well, we got Josh Teff here with us this week from Falco. Um, if maybe this is the first time somebody has heard about Falco Teff, where can they go to get more information? Maybe see some of the footage or photos. Do you have social media links that we'll give you just a couple minutes here to kind of shout those out and uh, make your footprint known. Yeah, so uh, Instagram is probably going to give you the best 
um, overview, and that's uh, at Falco underscore Outfitters. Uh, Facebook's the same thing. It's pretty well just a mirror image of our Instagram. And then uh, website is www.falcooutfitters.com. And then um, if for the uh, Beyond the Blind TV series, it's uh, falcotv.uscreen with the letter U, uscreen.io, and that's where they can sign up and do a lot of giveaways and see some really cool content from this past season. Um, yeah, that's pretty much where we hang out the most. Um, if you have questions or you're interested in booking, you can send an email to uh, info at falcooutfitters.com, and Riley, our assistant, she will take very good care of you. So, I will tell the listeners this. Um, do not jump on their Instagram page if you have things to do because you will go in a deep rabbit hole. You will have lots of FOMO. Um, you may be filled with sadness due to the fact that you haven't experienced this level of awesomeness in your life yet. Uh, so just proceed with caution. It uh, could be potentially a life-altering decision you're making, um, and there's no coming back from it. Once you're in, you're in. And I just found a picture of the fried chicken. So, oh, bro. <laughs> so good. It's over. Well, Josh Teff, thanks for being with us, talking Falco, talking waterfowling this week. It's obvious we need to have you back for another episode. I want to hear more about the food, more about the dogs that you guys have out there. It sounds like that's a really, really cool story of its own. And then obviously just talk more about the stories of the guys and everybody that's a part of it. Um, thanks for coming on, though, this week and telling a little, 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 little bit about your story. Yeah, thank you all for having me. Sincerely, I really, really appreciate it. Teff, thank you uh, for what you do for this industry. Thank you for uh, the opportunities you're creating, not only for people to fall in love with waterfowl, but hopefully for people to fall in love with Jesus and uh, fall in love with the community of people who are here to support them. So thank you and the rest of the Falco team for everything you guys do. You bet, guys. Thank you.